Hello and welcome to the Urban Health Podcast, keeping entrepreneurs healthy and powerful. I'm Stephanie Webster. I'm a nutritional therapist based in Harley Street, London, specializing in extreme fat loss for busy executives and entrepreneurs. Being an entrepreneur myself, I like to find seamless solutions to health problems. And to help with that mission today, I'm not just going to focus on what goes inside our bodies, but also what goes on our bodies in the form of clothing. Where does our clothing come from? And we have the honor of having Joe Salter on the show. Joe is the founder of wheredoesitcomefrom.co.uk, featured on the Huffington Post, the Metro and the BBC. Joe, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure. So, Joe, what got you into ethical clothing and what does your company stand for? What do you do? Well, where does it come from? Probably the clue is in the name. I wanted to be quite clear. So where does it come from is all about the traceability behind your clothing and finding out about your clothes. I'm not um, from a fashion background at all, as my friends, I'm sure, would tell you. But for me, it came very much from the social justice and fair trade side. I've been passionate about fair trade for as long as I can remember. And I'm on our local fair trade committee. Uh, I did a postgraduate in development management and I consult to businesses to help them with their justice side. So very much I come from the fair trade side. When I had children myself, I was really concerned about where their clothes were coming from. And the more I found out, I started asking myself questions like, were other children making the clothes for my children to wear? Which is an absolutely horrific thought. So I started um, up, where does it come from? because I thought other people, as as well as me, want to know answers to these kind of questions. And I spent about two years searching for partners that could tell me the whole supply chain back to the farm. It was an awful lot more difficult than I thought it would be. But uh, finally, after one abortive effort, um, we partnered up with a social enterprise in India called Moral Fibre Fabrics. And they uh, are very much concerned. They come from a Gandhian background. So it's all around um, Gandhi and his philosophy of social justice. But tying alongside that was a very... uh, Uh, eco-friendly side too. So the fabrics are hand-woven, 100% natural, uh, carbon-free production because they're all done by hand. So that eco side grew very much from there. So that's how it all came about really. We became very eco and social justice. And then last year we started working in Africa as well and we're using a rain-fed organic cotton from Africa. So really that's where it all came from. Amazing. And why does ethical clothing matter is my next question, because uh, everyone that I speak to is on a different, uh, in a different level of enlightenment. And some people still think, well, so what? I'll just go to the shop and just buy a piece of clothing. Um, how can we encourage people to care if they currently don't? Why does ethical clothing matter? But it's a really interesting point, and I think you're asking this question at the right time as well. I mean, this year, I I really think that it's going to explode the whole area of ethics and ethical production. If you um, if you manage to catch the Stacey Dooley document got documentary last year, uh, she talked about ethical fashion. We've got the UK government running a review at this very moment into the impacts of fast fashion on the environment. And every year of the last sort of up to about 10 years, the ethical market in the UK has grown. So we know that there are people, a growing number of people who are passionate about ethics. 
Now, ethics is something that means something different to different people, doesn't it? I mean, your ethics and mine are probably not the same, but some people it's social justice, some people are vegan, and that's a big growing area. For some people, it's all around the planet and global warming and those kind of things. But the increasingly large question is, people are looking into a lot more than just the price of their garments. They're looking into how they were made, the impacts of them being made, and also what's going to happen to them at the end of their life as well. So it really, really does matter. Uh, and the other thing is ethical clothing is not particularly new. If you go back 50 years or so, most people owned far fewer clothes than they do now. Many people made their own or the local dressmaker made them. And even if you were rich, you would have them made for you by a couturier. So it wasn't a question of that you had this huge wardrobe that you have now. And also um, fabrics tended to be high quality and natural fabrics. We didn't have plastic in our clothes until the 1950s or 60s. But since, since that time, there's been this explosion of fast fashion and brands creating season after season. If you think it used to just be spring, summer, autumn, winter, and I think now there's 16 fashion seasons, that pushed um, prices down, which pushed, pushed the expectations down. So people expect clothes to be cheap now. But if you think back, clothing prices are about the same as they were in the 1980s, which is ridiculous when you look at the, at the growth of inflation since that time. So the growth of the um, fast fashion industry pushed back on suppliers, which led to negative impacts like child labour and slave labour, and danger. So in 2013, we had the Rana Plaza factory collapsing and killing nearly 1,200 people. So there's a, a huge issue, and this is why um, ethical clothing matters so much. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And what, what's driven me to contact you is really uh, a need born from my existing clients. As they lose weight over the 12-month program, they, they start to get very conscious about what they put into their bodies and their impact mm. on themselves, but also impact on the greater world. And they start to look for athletic wear made from ethical fabrics. And uh, at the end of their journey, when they have a transformation and then they, they have lost all this weight and they need new clothes, they start to be more conscious as to the clothes that they choose to wear because their wardrobe has to change completely. And they are interested now in ethical fabrics, ethical clothing, high fashion meets um, ethical fabrics. And I, I think we're awakening this, this sense of, well, let's do what's right, not just what's easy. And that's a I real... Think, I think that's so true. And I also think everything you say is true, but there's also other mental health benefits. I mean, I think that the constant buying cycle and over-consumerism leads to this personal low self-esteem dissatisfaction thing because you're buying something because marketing has convinced you you'll look better in it, you'll be happier if you have it, but when you get it, you're actually not happier, so you feel disappointed and unhappy. Whereas if you buy something with love that's been created with love for the planet and the people, and you have that connection because you know how it was made and, and the people who made it, this is, this is something that builds our self-esteem and our mental health. This is one of the key reasons we tell the stories behind our clothes. And as well as that, what you're saying about putting things on your skin, there's obviously a benefit of natural fibres on the skin, breathability and organic fibres not putting pesticides onto our skin. So there's so many benefits. Absolutely. And it's all about connecting with our true agenda and not being uh, thrown into society's agenda, being rammed with marketing, as you're saying, and giving in to that, that, yes. that fear. If you're choosing clothes out of, oh, I don't feel secure, so I'm going to buy this to feel better, 
then you're you're making your decisions based from a lower part of your consciousness. Whereas if you make the right choices, you, you'll there's there's additional spiritual benefits to that. But anyway, I feel like we're Definitely. going into too esoteric for my audience. Um, <laughs> so, some of them aren't quite ready. Um, so uh, we're still we're still working on on the basics. So, uh, uh, but I have a, a a variety of clients who are at different stages. So. Um, for those who found that too esoteric, bear with me. We mean well. Okay. Um, I like the part on your website where you talk about traceable clothes, and you were talking before the call about the historical part of that. Tell us more about the how we've always been interested in, in the traceability and how that relates to now. Well, I think that's, that's the, um, the key point. We've lost that connection, haven't we? We've lost that connection with our clothes, um, and I think it's very much about rebuilding that so that we know where things have come from. I was at a really interesting talk last week. They were talking about the mental health benefits of um, crafts and creating things, creating fabrics, making clothes, and how that's been lost from our education system. So there's huge benefits from that traceability, that knowing where things came from. It's the same point as when people grow their own vegetables and they always say they taste nicer than the ones that you buy in the shop. I don't know if that's true, but they feel that it's true and they believe that it's true, so it has a benefit from that, that angle as well. So traceability is really key to what we do, hence the name. Um, I was telling you a little bit about uh, some of the stories behind our clothing, one that I particularly love because it shows the traceability and the benefits to the makers, but also that connection. We, um, we collect the stories of all of our garments and the people are interviewed if they wish to be and have their photographs taken. And there were three lady spinners uh, in a, a rural village in North India who've made some of our scarves, spun the cotton for some of our scarves. And we work through cooperatives. So the cooperatives have a strong social justice agenda working in India. And these particular lady spinners were not permitted by their society, by their families, to leave the house if they weren't with a male relative. And they um, were spinning at home, which the cooperative is fine with. But the cooperative insisted that these ladies had to go down to the cooperative themselves and collect their money and hand over the fabric, which they had to, a bit of a, a pressure from the family. They said, no, no, we'll deliver it for them. But the, the cooperative absolutely insisted that these ladies did. So that opened up their horizon that they were earning their own money, that it was handed to them, and they were able to hand their work over to the cooperative. So just something as small as that, which we would probably take for granted, probably made a really big change to their lives. Uh, we, we train our clients to become much more discerning when they're making their choices in food. So reading labels, we educate them a lot. Um, how can we tell if clothes have been created ethically or not? What should we look for in ethical clothing? What's the equivalent of reading the label? Well, again, it's that um, we all have our personal ethics issue and it's about asking questions. So have a look on the websites and see or the shops, talk to people in the shops. If they can't tell you the answer to the questions, there's plenty of brands that can answer your questions and will happily answer your questions. Certainly smaller brands are, tend to be passionate about what they're doing and they want to tell you their stories and you will find um, lots of people happy to wax lyrical for ages. As I said before, the ethical market in the UK is growing hugely and there are new brands popping up all over the place, social enterprises for the most, who can tell you all sorts of things. So um, in our case, the, our ethics that we look at are transparency, natural fabrics, and consideration for people and the planet, but that might be, you might be looking for something different from that. 
there's accreditations you could be looking for and memberships of certain uh, organisations. So BAFTS is a British Fair Trade Association. There's the World Fair Trade Organisation. There's um, organic certifications. There's uh, animal rights organisations. So you can look and they will have checked out people to see that they're actually doing the things that they say that they're doing. I mean, one thing is... One of the slightly downsides to the ethical market growing is that there will be a bit of greenwashing coming along. So don't just take it at face value. You need to look and you need to ask questions if you're not happy about what you're seeing. And the other bit of advice I would say is if it is, if it looks cheap, it probably is. You know, if you're not paying for it, somebody else is paying the price. Wow. Okay, that's an interesting observation. And if our clients wanted to find out where they can buy eco. Uh, uh, ethical clothing, athletic wear, and also smart casual wear. Um, can they ask you for, for a list of recommendations, or is there? Certainly can. I mean, where does it come from? .co.uk. I'm obviously going to mention because it's ours. But there's also quite a few um, what we call marketplace uh, organisations. So um, there's Ethical Shop, which is run by Amnesty International, and there's uh, Ethical. Superstore. So there's lots of different, if they just Google ethical clothing, you'll see a range of places that pull together different brands under one um, electronic roof, I suppose, marketplace. And uh, you, can, you can browse lots of different brands' clothing in one place. Joe, you're so passionate. Thank you so much for putting all of this together. You're amazing. Um, also, you. <laughs> when it comes to sleep, um, we encourage our clients to sleep really well. And we encourage cotton, actually, uh, cotton sheets, because when you sleep in cotton sheets, you sleep better than in, in polyester. Um, and sourcing cotton is a big issue now. Tell us how, how you do it, how it should be done. Well, we only really work with social enterprises that we've built relationships up with over the years. And uh, so Moral Fibre Fabrics and the cooperatives in northern, in northern India for our cotton. And we also work with African cotton, which is rain-fed organic cotton, which comes from Uganda. And we were really passionate about working with this African cotton because what's happened in Africa in recent decades is a lot of the um, cotton you actually buy in Africa, those beautiful, vibrant prints, are actually coming from Asia. So they've undercut the African garment industry, which is collapsing. Whereas you can actually get cotton that has been grown in Africa, but it's not so easy to get hold of as the stuff coming from Asia. So that's why we started doing that. So I think the main thing I would say about um, sourcing cotton is it's, it's a challenge finding ethically sourced cotton. So go to places that can, again, tell you where your cotton is coming from. There are lots of really good uh, places doing, you can buy fabric by the meter and you can buy ethical clothing with cotton. If you saw the Stacey Dooley documentary, she talked, it was called um, Fashion's Dirty Secrets. It was on the end of last year on BBC One. She talked a lot about cotton and the overproduction of cotton. And that has been a problem because of fast fashion and all the pesticides going into cotton to grow lots and lots and lots of it really, really quickly. So looking at organic cotton, I think, is really key because that's cotton that's been grown without the nasty chemicals, which will leach into the soil um, at end of life as well as during life. So organic cotton, I would certainly recommend as a key thing. Good. Okay, that's good. And, you know, I will say also, I have a lot of empathy for our clients who they're trying their best and they get overwhelmed sometimes. So just do what you can, go for the organic cotton, 
and and do your best. We're, we're all trying to get off plastic straws, get off plastic bags, get off. Yes. So let's just just be the best human you can be, and don't stress out if you're not a hundred percent perfect. Progress, not perfection. All steps, everything you do, one little step in the right direction makes you feel better, and it makes a big difference. And I firmly believe that when other people see people taking those small steps it inspires them so even if you're in a queue and you turn down a plastic coffee cup because you brought your own you've probably inspired the rest of the queue behind you to do the same next time yeah absolutely and actually our clients when they go on the program they start making healthy choices they inspire their children to do the same which causes healthy families and you also have a lovely range of children's wear and you design that yourself don't you tell us about your children's range well it's it's a bit of a team effort um because we started off with the children's wear because I have young children and uh, a lot of our customer base has young children. And this was, again, working with moral fibre fabrics in India because I'm passionate about clothes for children that are comfortable and practical as well as just looking gorgeous. So we were looking at hand-woven denims that are really soft, funky prints that have characters and things for children to love. Pockets was an absolutely vital one. I get so fed up with children's clothing with no pockets because my children want to fill their pockets with acorns and rubbers and all sorts of nonsense. It's really important for them. And button elastic, that was another one. We want clothes... If you're going to build beautiful, gorgeous, high-quality clothing, then you want them to grow with your child. So button elastic was another key one. The moral fibre people know a lot about what works well with what fabric. So together we designed a, a wide range of... We think they're beautiful, but they're also extremely practical and long-lasting. Uh, and we'd also do a pre-loved thing on our website as well because we know that they last so long. That's what it was about. Our jeans in particular have always been so popular because they're just comfortable and soft. And a lot of the jeans that you can buy have plastic in them to make them stretchy. They're not comfortable. So, yes, it, that, that's what we do. So we have jeans, dresses, um, jackets, uh, organic shirts, a whole range of different clothes for kids, which we think are lovely, but they're also comfortable and practical and eco. I also saw this TED talk about jeans and how much water goes into the production oh, of a pair of jeans. I was absolutely horrified. Um, horrific, isn't it? It is horrific. And that is, again, that's mass production, that's mill production. So, of course, with our jeans, we use about a fifth of the water that a mass production um, factory would use because they're, they're dyed by hand in a vat. So there's actually a person dyeing each pair in a vat, which takes a huge amount less water. And the other thing with water is water pollution as well. So um, there's a saying, I think it's in Bangladesh, that you can always tell what the next season's fashion colour is going to be by the way that the rivers, the colours the rivers are flowing. Because the dyes get washed into the rivers. So we use natural dyes and we use a lot less water. And um, it's just something that you don't want your clothes to have such a huge effect on the planet, do you? And children certainly don't know children are so switched on to these things because children are still connected to to the truth and and how we should live and how we should be it's when you get the pressure as an adult that you start to veer off and buy into society's agenda for you which isn't which isn't well intentioned for you sorry that was the reason we started telling the stories behind our clothes as well it was primarily for children to build those connections Yes, um, and your children have acorns in their pockets. I'm not sure that's going to be the case in London. I think it's more hiding chocolate wrappers and, and, and things. But... <laughs> there, there is a fair few sweet wrappers when I don't. I say, where did you get that sweet from? I found a wrapper in your pocket. <laughs> um, so what are your top sellers and why? For the children's wear, I would say it's got to be the jeans. Um, and then we do some really funky shorts for girls, as well, denim shorts, and organic shirts, because we did a range of shirts with... Uh, little animals on like ants and um, 
turtles and things like that. And they've always been really popular. In fact, it was the ant shirts that we did for children because they're made, they're printed by block printing, which is when someone hand carves a wooden block with a design on. And then that's done, that blocks the fabric like a potato. If you remember pet potato printing when we were children, it's just like that. And because we had those wooden blocks, we thought we'll make some scarves with the animal prints as well. Mm -hmm. And the ant scarves completely took off and our ant scarves have been a bestseller. So much so that we did bee scarves as well to, um, to encourage people with their love of bees. And then we did an adult shirt with ants on as well so surprisingly ants has been a huge big seller so i would say ants ants and insect scarves elephant scarves have been hugely popular we were fortunate enough to have the lovely joanna lumley wear one of our elephant scarves on tv um, for her joanna lumley's india when she was out checking with elephants she wore one of our scarves which was wonderful and then suddenly all of our elephant scarves sold out (laughs) so that was great um, and then the other thing is the white shirt, because people, if we do unisex organic cotton shirts, and the white shirt has always been popular for ladies and men, because it's just such a lovely basic that you can wear all year round, you can wear it with scarves, you can wear it anywhere you like, really, and that's always been really popular. Yes, well, anything that Joanna Lumley wears, I'll, I'll certainly uh, look into, because I think I'm such a fan of her. And I think with all these animal prints, it's the closest that any Londoner is going get, to get close to, a, to an animal. Um, it's our way of connecting with nature through your clothing. Um, plastic is a big issue, too. We've had Georgie Day from uh, non, Not A Plastic Straw, and she's amazing. So she's doing her bit, uh, doing biodegradable um, non-plastic straws. Uh, and plastic is a big issue for us as well. You've gone through quite some length to remove plastic. How did you manage to do that? Well, we didn't ever have plastic in our fabrics because we've always had the the idea of um, non-plastic fabrics, natural fabrics. So everything's always been hand-woven cotton or organic cotton. Um, And then we did some work with um, a fantastic alpaca wool brand called Ted and Bessie. And again, that was all 100% alpaca wool. So we've done some hats through them. So that was amazing. But we didn't, I said, the more you learn, isn't it? So we didn't, hadn't really thought about things like plastic buttons. So the children's wear initially came with plastic buttons. We've now phased those out and moved over to wooden buttons. And then the thing we've been working on lately is labels. So um, if you think about your clothes, they have those white shiny tags in them to tell you how to wash your clothes. And they're made of polyester. And I think that's that's the standard that they're polyester. So we've went with, um, we've just introduced recycled polyester labels for that. So they are still plastic but they're recycled um, and we've made all of our other labels of the garments purely cotton so phase them out that way we never used um, plastic packaging when we send things out to our customers that's always comes wrapped in tissue but uh, we were using plastic to send things across the world just in case they were hanging around you know in, in freight so we're trying to phase out that it's quite tough we're tending to reuse rather than not use plastic at all so we're using the same plastic and sending it back to India and it's coming back over again, you know, to be used again. So trying to not make it single-use plastic, really. Yeah, well, you're doing what you can. Yes, exactly. It's about doing what you can. So, yeah, it's something we're we're trying to phase out completely and it would be great if we can. And it's not just about being good to the planet. It's about being good to yourself. When you're over a certain size and you sweat a lot and you have this cotton shirt, it's it's much nicer to, to wear than to wear polyester fabrics that cling to you and make you feel even more uncomfortable as you're Definitely. shrinking down in your transformation. So um, thank you so much for coming on to the show. That's that, I'm, I'm really inspired and I, I know a lot of my clients will be interested in, in what you have to say. So 
Um, do you have any upcoming events that you'd like to promote? or is it Well, any... yes, if you're anywhere near Suffolk, I know this is a London podcast, I happen to pop up to Framlingham for the weekend. Framlingham is um, a beautiful Suffolk market town. It's where Ed Sheeran lives as well, and we have a castle there. And we've got a pop-up there starting this Wednesday this week for a week. And then we're down in London for Fashion Revolution on April the 27th. There's a, um, a day event there that I'm co-running at the London Museum of Brands. Um, at uh, Ladbroke Grove so that's um, you can find us there we'll have a stand and there's lots of other things going on as well so do just take a look on our website where does it come from .co.uk plus we're on Facebook Twitter and Instagram you can sign up to our mailing list so um, yeah there's lots of ways of getting in touch with us and finding out what we're up to Joe, thank you so much for coming on to the show thank you Thank you for sharing your inspiring insights and helping the Urban Health Podcast and keeping entrepreneurs healthy and powerful inside and out thank you for having me